and welcome back to Night Swims, a podcast hosted by two idiots who think they know everything it's, about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. Thank and thank you to Carl for that intro music. Yeah, we love you. He's just a great MC, isn't he? He's bringing it the every best, week, yeah. weekly, nightly. Weekly. Not right. Even though he's just made one thing. But it's one thing that's... One thing oh that's... Continuous. Consistently Consistent. great. Consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you suck. <laughs> you suck. Our general manager. We might have to demote her. Demote her to uh, to regional manager. No, assistant to the regional manager. Assistant to the assistant. Oh my god! All right. Did I did I tell you you could talk? Anyways. No, um, no I didn't. So um, what's been going on in your life? Well, uh, some kid at work today called another kid a ding dong dick. That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ding dong dick. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think about anything fancy. Uh, I'm on... Would you... Your bed is creaking. All right. Uh, some, I'm on uh, season five of Shameless. Yeah. I watched all of season two of Big Mouth in a day. That is kind of sad. They're like 30, 25 minutes an episode. Just 10 episodes. It took me about three days. Well, I was back to 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 back. Yeah. Hopefully I was ten. Anyways. Um Research to Doozy. I think you'll like it. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited too. It's uh it's gonna be a good one. I can feel it. But uh not uh, nothing new yet. I've actually I've uh, well I've I've come up with a lot of ideas for uh, the podcast, mainly yeah. topics that I would do. But I thought about something. I thought about for our one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. We uh, well while we're recording, we do an Instagram live video. Yeah, so that it all you know. Two, so look, so people, people may it. not watch it. People may watch I'm it. Down. Yeah, but well, worst comes to worst. You know. That's not the only special thing we're gonna do. No, we have a special podcast. Yeah, we're gonna get part. I was thinking blowers, blowers. And party hats, oh, yeah. like like yeah, like you know those like things. Those New really Year, annoying. New Year's, yeah, like yeah. New Year's, but n- like party, night swim. November sixteenth. We're we're a month away, so we have plenty of time. Yeah. Um, what uh, what liquid are you hanging out with today? Um, I have um, a Pepsi. Uh, it's got a circle on Pepsi it. Pepsi-Cola, I believe Pepsi, is what it's called. Yeah. It's got 250 calories per bottle, uh, 20 fluid ounces, um, which is 591 milliliters. And, um, yeah, drink Pepsi, get stuff. Uh, That's a horrible slogan. You can go to uh, PepsiStuff.com, and it's got something to do with the NFL. It's, spo- it's the official drink of the um, NFL, I think. The barcode is 0121 it's got some lines, so uh, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. What about you? I'm rocking a 32 ounce root beer from Zaxby's, but it's if you can't hear, yeah, it's, empty. it's basically empty. You want some Pepsi? Mm-mm. Okay. I hate Pepsi. All right. I a little bit left, but uh, I think it'll get through me through this podcast. Yeah. So Douglas. Yeah, I'm ready to get into this. You said it was going to be a long podcast. I have another surprise for you. So if you if uh, just a fair warning, if any of y'all are impatient, you can go ahead and just stop listening. Now. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're a certain someone who cuts the grass, yeah. who's an avid listener, yeah, who uh, who gives us reviews, not naming any names, Preston. <laughs> uh, he uh, he'll he'll like it. Yeah. Uh, but this, oh, so I actually I I spoke to him recently. He wants to do 
uh, he wants to do an episode soon because he has a yeah. good. Remember, you know what one it is, mm-hmm. but uh, I won't spoil the for the audience. But he uh, he's wanting to do one. I'm down. So uh, we'll probably get him on soon. He uh, he's he's doing pledge ship right now for a fraternity. Yeah, he's a uh, air quotations busy. Yeah, he his quote was, um, "I need I need to uh, get a life back or some <laughs> crap like that." I was like, "Dude." You, you have an apartment, have a, a dog, a girlfriend. That's what you live with. You, you live with a girl that you're probably gonna marry. You have a dog, a great job. If anything, his life is moving too fast. Yeah, but it really it's good is. For, it's good for him. Yeah, he's not. Oh crap! He is Catholic. Never mind. Why isn't he running this podcast? He's way more interesting than either of us. We could. Um, we I could. Would, so I was thinking about this. Like I, I rarely get like good stories to tell. Yeah. Because like that's I, what that's why we couldn't go with the random thing. Yeah, I work well because I work not I work overnight three times a week and then I work at St. Mary's. I guess St. Mary's stuff could be cool. Winn Dixie's kind of boring. Nothing. Oh, I, I spilled mayonnaise last night. <laughs> yeah, that was really. How'd you do that? Well, so some so we so there's this thing called backstocking. Yeah. Where when you when you when there's not enough space in like an aisle for certain items, they'll go back like in to the back room and sit on a pallet and then the next time you stock you bring them back out so some idiot opened up a box both ways and was like oh there's nothing left in here put a bunch of chips in it which was like okay chips are easy to carry and then he put one jar of mayonnaise in there <laughs> that didn't have a top on wait why didn't it have a top on? i don't know so I, when i picked up the box the bottom half wasn't like taped up or anything so all the chips fell out and then the jar of mayonnaise fell on my shoe so my shoe was covered in mayonnaise, and then the floor was covered in mayonnaise. And I look at the I look at the manager. I was like, "Hey, um, where are like the paper towels?" And he was like, "In the bathroom." So I had to use paper towels from the bathroom, which are like two ply, and I had to keep like going back in them, and I had to wash my shoe off in the sink. So I had a wet shoe the whole night, and then there was just mayonnaise on the floor, and I was. And then the, there's just this sheen of just mayonnaise all over the floor, and people kept slipping in it when they would walk by it. <laughs> It was really annoying. Nothing more attractive than an overnight stock boy with mayonnaise on his shoe. I, I try to make it interesting yeah. for the podcast, but I don't get very far. Before we bore anybody else, let's get right into yeah, it. Yeah, so I have a surprise for you. Oh. In keeping with my tradition, I've done two. One of them is too too short to be a full episode, but I just think it's hilarious. Okay. A hilarious conspiracy theory? Well, it's... it's uh, it's a it's a conspiracy okay. done by flat earthers. Oh God! And uh, you ready for that? So okay, so, so this is the short one. Yeah. So I will give a heads up. So for my two things I did this week, um, the first one there's this is a very new uh, conspiracy. Like this year, it's come about and it's gotten some uh, steam. <laughs> and bless you. And then the uh, the main one I did. It, there's so much information on it. I didn't want to have to like write down individualistic facts. Yeah. So I took a bunch of articles, and I'm gonna just read out those articles because each one is different. I read through them; they're all different, but they have really good information on it. So the first one is just one article about, um, and it's uh, the he- the headline is "Flat Earthers' Latest Conspiracy Claims Australia Isn't Real." <laughs> so I'm just gonna read out. Okay, let me. Uh, I'm gonna read out the entire. I'm gonna read out the entire. Uh, so I'm gonna read the article, and there's a. What? How this all started was someone put on Facebook that's a flat earther about it, 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna just get right to it. All right. <clears throat> so this this is dated May second, 2018. So it's pretty recent. So <clears throat> more than 200 people attended a Flat Earthers conference in Birmingham, UK, in April because apparently there are still there are still that many and even more people who truly believe the world is flat. Right off the bat. It's going to be a strong argument. Oh, yeah. Unsurprisingly, the conference included many bizarre theories, including ones about how gravity doesn't exist. <laughs> that has to be a strong argument. Very strong. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. It's like, <laughs> we're just constantly floating. <laughs> uh, and even a juicy conspiracy theory about our very real juicy. neighbors over in Australia. The whole country, which as you know is pretty massive, it's one of the largest continents yeah. on its own. Uh, do, 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 which uh, does not exist according to some flat earther conspiracy theorists. News of the conference brought to light a slightly old conspiracy theory that keeps making the rounds occasionally, and it's gotten a lot of steam recently because apparently there's this giant flat earthers Facebook group that yeah, has I'm, like fifty thousand. I'm a part of that. Yeah, it has like fifty thousand members huh. or something. Yeah, we're fifty thousand. And uh, they believe that the entire country of Australia is nothing but a hoax. Sydney, imaginary. Melbourne, totally fake. Perth, not even a little bit real. The Sydney Opera House is believed by these people to be in South America. In a Facebook post since deleted but still being spread thanks to the very real powers of screenshots, a flat earther by the name of Shelley Florid, Floride, Flor, just, who knows, yeah. shared her belief that Australia is not real. So I'm going to read the excerpt. Excerpt? Excerpt, yeah. The thingy. Australia is not real. It's a hoax made for us to believe that Britain moved over their criminals to someplace. In reality, all these criminals were loaded off ships into the waters, drowning before they could see land ever again. It's a cover-up for one of the greatest mass murderers in history. You know, ignore the Holocaust or anything. Yeah. This is the real deal. Made by one of the most prominent empires. Australia does not exist. All things you call proof are actually well-fabricated lies and documents made by the leading governments of the world. Your Australian friends? They're all actors and computer-generated personas, plot of a, part of a plot to trick the world. If you think you've ever been to Australia, you're terribly wrong. The plane pilots are all in on it and have all actuality only flown you to islands close nearby, or in some cases, part of South America where they have cleared space and hired actors to act out as real Australians. Australia is one of the biggest hoaxes ever created, and you have all been tricked. Join the movement today and make it known that they have been deceived. Make it known that this is all just a cover-up. The things these Australians say to be doing and all these swear words and actions based on alcoholism, MDMA, and bad decisions are all ways to distract you from the ugly truth that is one of the greatest genocides in history. 162,000 people were said to have been transported this to this imaginary land during a mere 80 years, and they're all long dead by now. They never reached the promised land. Tell the truth. Stand up for what is right. Make sure to spread the word. Austra spread the world. <laughs> she spelled it wrong. Australia is not real. It's a code word for the cold-blooded murder of more than 100,000 people, and it is not okay. We will not accept this. She forgot. She put a comma there that wasn't needed. Stand up for the ones who died. Let it be known that Australia does not exist. Hashtag Australia is not real. I am sold. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Flat Earthers adds... Oh, the Flat Earther adds, the criminals were actually loaded off the ships into waters and drowning. And so then they have a picture of a map, and uh, it says... Uh, I wonder if I can look at it. It says, like, t fake world map, and then it's the real world map. And they just photoshopped Australia out of the world map, 
and claim it to be the real one. And then, okay, so that so this is just a tweet from someone. Uh, ah, here we go. So then, do, 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 do. so then it continues. The whole country is apparently a cover-up for one of the greatest. Oh, so they're just reiterating everything. What? A number of flat earthers have continued to spread the post across social networks. We're not entirely sure how flat earthers who happen to reside in Australia feel about this. So that's the end of the article. Jeez, jeez. That's the geez. only article. <laughs> Some and so that there. website, if you want to look it up yourself, it's a news stocks with a Z B dot co dot NZ. It's a weird website. There's some people in this world that really It blows make, your mind, make, make doesn't me it? Hate people. It blows your mind. Yeah. Flat Earthers is a whole thing on its now, own. If this turns out to be true, which no. It's not true. Yeah. I know, but like Yeah, I know. I don't even have any words to say if they're right because they're just wrong <clears throat> so I just wanted to share that with people that there are people out there who believe an entire continent filled with millions of people is and fake the outback. Yeah, and kangaroos kangaroos are apparently <laughs> fake as well and koalas oh koalas they're so cute <laughs> They aren't uh, the flat the uh, did, did the flat earthers aren't qualified ah. to make this claim. <laughs> oh God! Oh, you're my. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was my that was my warm up. Uh, you so just, yeah, you, you made me lose brain cells. Now I'm gonna not gonna have any questions. So if you people think Australia is real, you're wrong. You sir have been deceived or lady. You know this is this is gonna be the whole focus of night swims now. Yeah, we, every we, week we're going to have an update about Australia. Australia? Sayonara. <laughs> Just falls off. It, it, it's not real. Yeah. No. It's not real. It can't fall off. It's no, not real. It's not real. Satellite yeah. imagery, it's fake. Fake. Yeah. It's all fake. And those actors. Yeah. Ooh, I Hugh actor. Jackman, I he's deceived <laughs> us. Margot Robbie, lies. She's Australian? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, no, she's not. No, that's true. Yeah. She's South American. She's an actor. <laughs> They're Who's using on? actors. <laughs> but Douglas, today... Well, take a, uh, right, take, a, take a swig. Get stuff. Take a swig of my root beer. Zaxby's, skip the wait. Order ahead. Good. Wholesome. <coughs> um, right. So what do you think about that? I, I, um, Before we get to the real shebang. Know, I usually think that I'm... I don't want to toot my own horn, but I usually think I'm pretty stupid. <laughs> But now I just feel very stupid after that. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, Thanks Douglas. for making me feel bad. You're welcome. But today we are, com- we are coming across probably the greatest mystery in the Americas, in my opinion. Could you, could you give some guesses as to what it is? In the Americas, like South, North, yes. and... That's it. <laughs> okay, the United States. Oh, Central. No, the United States. Oh, there's three Americas. I meant the United um, States. Okay. Greatest mystery. It could, some could call it a phenomena. No. No? No. What? Oh, crap. So maybe that's the greatest mystery. Yeah. I don't really... <sighs> no, we won't dwell into that. Yeah. Um, greatest mystery besides Area 51. It's very famous. Um, Give you a hint. Since about the 1800s. Oh, that's a great hint. A really great hat. It scares our general manager. Ghostesses. No. What? I don't know. Ghosts? Don't know. How would I do a thing about ghosts? How would you not do a thing about ghosts? I'm going to give you another hint. Yeah, give me another hint. 
Mm, not human. Aliens. No. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, the lizard people. No. Oh. Ooh, that's a good one. Football. <laughs> Football? <laughs> I don't know. She was pointing at her foot. The balls of your foot. Illuminati. I, don't I, be, I feel like some people have got it now. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have big feet. That's why I didn't get it. We're doing Bigfoot. And now the websites I used yeah. for anybody that wants to look up this there on their own and do some extra research are prairieghost.com, Outside Online, Gaia, which is G-A-I-A, Live Science, and there's one more website, but I'm going to save that to the end because it gets really cool. Okay. So these articles are kind of long. Uh... Now, this, I would consider myself a um, skeptic. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, prove me wrong. I'm one of those people that just want it to be real. I want it to be real, but like... I, I want Bigfoot to be real. But the, here... No, okay, so I watch like shows like Ghost Adventures and stuff like that, uh-huh. which people say that's not real, but I believe that that's more real than... Bigfoot? Because these Ghost Adventures versus those Bigfoot shows, like they're just calling out, they, they hear a rock being thrown, it's like, holy... Holy crap, it's a Bigfoot. But then they also have really good evidence, too. Okay. Some people, not those shows. No. They well, find, they find we're going to We're going to discuss the most famous uh, Bigfoot evidence soon, which you'll, you you won't recognize the name, but you... Oh, my gosh. Is it that video? Yeah, actually. It's called the Patterson the film. the Yeah, it's called yeah. the Patterson film. We'll get more into that later. Which, yeah. So, uh, just a fair warning. I have one, two, th- I have three articles that I'm going to read, and they're kind of lengthy but they each go into their own they each have like their own way of talking about bigfoot and like they're each like uh now would you consider bigfoot the same thing as a yeti no yeti lives in the himalayas okay yes but i believe that there's multiple migrating like that um move the new movie smallfoot (laughs) there's there's multiple yetis i haven't i haven't watched it apparently it's supposed to be a good kids movie (laughs) We're just promoting a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so this uh, this is this is on prairieghost.com, and the whole website is about unexplained America, strange and unsolved mysteries from America's haunted past. Mm. So it's pretty cool. So <clears throat> I'm just gonna get right into it. There's a lot of reading, uh, so sit back. Feel free to interject at any time. Uh, I'm sorry if I get lost. It's just a lot that I'm about to read. So please, uh, pardon me. <clears throat> there is no greater mystery in the an, an, annals, annals what a great start. <laughs> of the unexplained in America than Sasquatch, the creature most commonly known as Bigfoot. Reports of giant man and ape-like monsters have been documented all over the country, although primarily in the forested regions of the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. There are many tales of the giant hairy figures in every state in America, even Alabama. Which, actually, fun fact, uh, while researching, Alabama has become a lot more recent in the sightings. Although the traditional Bigfoot is believed to roam in the vast regions of California, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, and the western edge of Canada. So a lot of northwestern. Uh, the narrative that follows will include history and lore from a variety of locations. Although most mainstream scientists maintain that no such creature exists, and short of an actual specimen, their minds will not be changed, it is not inconceivable that undiscovered creatures could be roaming this wide region of mountains and forests. There are areas here that have been almost completely untouched by man and where few signs of the modern world can be found, even today. If we combine these often unexplored areas with the hundreds of eyewitness accounts and piece, 
pieces of evidence left behind, then we have no choice but to at least consider the idea that these creatures may actually be real. Of course, the reader is asked to judge for himself, but let's consider the history of Bigfoot in America. So what I'm about to read, uh, just have, a, I guess, a, an open mind about Bigfoot. Yeah. Again, it's all up to interpretation and speculation, but uh, there's plenty of evidence to back up Bigfoot, but then again, there's also evidence of people faking it. Uh, according to many eyewitnesses, Sasquatch averages around seven feet in height, sometimes taller, and sometimes a little shorter. They are usually seen wandering alone, and their hair covers most of their bodies. Their limbs are usually powerful, but are described as being proportioned more like people than like apes. However, their broad shoulders, short necks, flat faces and noses, sloped foreheads, rigid brows, and cone-shaped heads make them appear more animal-like. They reportedly eat both meat and plants, omnivores, are largely nocturnal and less active during cold weather, except for the yetis. I, I included that part. <laughs> the creatures are most commonly reported as being covered in dark auburn-colored hair, although reports of brown, black, and even white and silver hair do occasionally pop up. Yetis. The footprints left behind by the monsters range in size from, from, from about 12 to 22 inches long, with around 18 inches being the most common. They are normally reported to be somewhere around 7 inches in width. So, put that in perspective, uh, that's bigger than NFL football. Yeah. NFL football is pretty big and um, bigger than a Subway sandwich. <laughs> of course. It's a good perspective. Yeah. <laughs> the stories of Sasquatch and reported man-like creatures have been part of Northwestern American history for generations. About the 1800s is what I found. Native Americans' legend and lore is filled with creatures that sound a lot like Bigfoot in description. One such creature was known as the Wendigo. Wendigo, yes. I watched an episode of Supernatural that had a Wendigo in it. They, like, shapeshift, don't they? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm about to find out. Information. I didn't look up the Wendigo. I looked up Bigfoot. You should have. Well, okay, next time I'll do Wendigo. Good. While this creature is considered by many to be the creation of horror writer Al... Aller, Algernon Blackwood in his classic terror tale of the same name, the spirit was considered very real to many in the north woods and prairies. Many legends and stories have circulated over the years about a mysterious creature who was encountered by hunters and campers in the shadowy forests of the upper region of Minnesota. <laughs> nice Thank accent. you. In one variation of the story, the creature could only be seen if it faced the witness head-on because it was so thin that it could not be seen from the side. Mm -hmm. The spirit was said to have a ferocious appetite for human flesh, and the many forest dwellers who disappeared over the years were said to be victims of the monster. The American Indians had their own tales of Wendigo, dating back so many years that most who were interviewed could not remember when the story had not been told. So essentially folklore. The Inuit Indians of the region called the creature by various names, including Wendigo, Wittigo, Wittico, and Wittigo. Just sounds like a bunch of mispronunciations of the actual name. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little kid, like, wit, wee, 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 you. But each of them was roughly translated to mean the evil spirit that devours mankind. So, wee-ti-go means the evil spirits. Hmm. Wee. Wee-ti-go. Wee, because evil spirits, plural. Wee, wee-ti-go. Mankind, go away. Oh. And then T for spirit. <laughs> Just putting it together. Around 1860, a German explorer translated Wendigo to mean cannibal among the tribes along the Great Lakes. 
Not the Finger Lakes. The Great Lakes. The Finger Lakes. The Native American versions of the creature spoke of a gigantic spirit over 15 feet tall that had once been human, but it had been transformed into a creature by the use of magic. Though all of the descriptions of the creature vary slightly, the Wendigo is generally said to have glowing eyes, long yellowed fangs, and an overly long tongue. Yeah, Sloppy. Sounds like uh, venom. Overly long tongue. Or snake. Or, or snake. <laughs> most, have, <laughs> most have a sallow, yellowish skin, but others are said to be matted with hair. They are tall and lanky and are driven by a horrible hunger. But how would a person grow to become one of these strange creatures? According to the lore, the Wendigo is created whenever a human res- resorts to cannibalism to survive. In years past, such a practice was possible, although still rare, as many of the tribes and settlers in the region were cut off by the bitter snows and ice of the north woods. Unfortunately, eating another person to survive was sometimes resorted to, and thus the legend of the Wendigo was created. But how real were these creatures? Could the legend of the Wendigo have been created merely as a warning against cannibalism, or could sightings of Bigfoot-type creatures have created the stories? While this is unknown in itself, it is believed that the white settlers to the region took the stories seriously. It became enough a part of their culture that, that tales like those of Algernon Blackwood were penned. Real-life stories were told as well, and according to the Southern's versions of the legend, the Wendigo could often be seen banshee-like to signal a death in the community. A Wendigo allegedly made a number of appearances near a town called Rousseau in northern Minnesota from the late 1800s to the 1920s. Each time that it was reported, an unexpected death followed, and finally it was seen no more. Hmm. So, spooky. Even into... The last century, Native Americans actively believed in and searched for the Wendigo. One of the most famous Wendigo hunters was a Cree Indian named Jack Fiddler. He claimed to kill at least 14 of the creatures in his lifetime, although, sorry, although the last murder although, resulted in his imprisonment at the age of 87. In October 1907, Fiddler and his son Joseph were tried for the murder of a Cree Indian woman. They both pleaded guilty to the crime, but defended themselves by stating that the woman had been possessed by the spirit of a Wendigo and was on the verge of transforming into one entirely. According to the defense, she had been killed before she murdered other members of the tribes. So there are a lot more stories about this. Uh, I don't want to keep reading about like the lore because it's all about like Wendigos and stuff. Like the Yakima Indians of the Pacific Northwest uh, have an idea about it. Uh, and then in like Ontario, there's a place called the Cave of the Wendigo, where you know stories like that where it's believed to like stay in everything. So now we're gonna go about the historical Bigfoot. So in 1901, an account of a Sasquatch encounter appeared in the Daily British Colonist. In this story, a lumberman named Mike King stated that he was working alone on Vancouver Island near Campbell River because his Indian packers had refused to accompany him because of their fear of the monkey man. They said lived in the forest. Late in the afternoon, he observed a man beast washing roots in the river, and when the creature became aware of King, it cried out and ran up a nearby hill. King described it as being covered with reddish-brown hair, and his arms were peculiarly long and were used freely in climbing and brush running, while the trail showed a distinct human foot, but with phenomenally long and spreading toes. Bigfoot. Feel free to chime in whenever you want. I'm just listening. It's story time. (laughs) 
<clears throat> Three years later, on December 14, 1904, the colonist again featured a Sasquatch story, this time from four credible witnesses who saw a man-like creature on Vancouver Island. In 1907, the newspaper told of the abandonment of an Indian village due to the inhabitants being frightened away by a monkey-like wild man who appears on the beach at night who howls in an unearthly fashion. In July 1924, a weird incident involving a group of Bigfoot occurred in the Mount St. Helens region of southwestern Washington. The incident involved a night-long assault by unknown creatures on a cabin where four miners were staying. The men had been prospecting a claim on the Muddy, a branch of the Lewis River, about eight miles from Spirit Lake. While working in the canyon, the men occasionally saw huge footprints but had no idea what to make of them. Then one day they saw a huge ape-like creature peering out from behind a tree and one of the men fired his gun at it. The creature was apparently struck but it ran off. Fred Beck, one of the miners, met one of the monsters at the canyon rim and shot it in the back three times. It fell down the cliff and into the canyon but they never found the body. How I've, heard, con- I've, I've heard that story. How convenient. Yeah. That night, the apes struck back, starting an assault on the cabin where the men were staying by knocking a heavy strip of wood <clears throat> out from between two logs of the cabin. After that, there were repeated poundings on the walls, doors, and roof. Luckily, the cabin had been constructed to withstand heavy mountain snows, and the creatures weren't able to break it. However, they did begin using rocks to hit the roof from above, and the miners became nervous enough to barricade the doors. As the creatures began thumping around on top of the cabin, as well as battering the walls, the men fired shots through the walls and roof, but to little effect. The noises and attacks continued until nearly dawn, ending after about five hours. Even though the cabin had no windows and the men could not see what was attacking them, Beck later told Bigfoot researcher John Green that he was, sh- he was sure that more than two creatures had been outside. The incident was more than enough to get the men to pack up and abandon their mind the next day. They told their story when the when they returned to Kelso, Washington, and a party of men went back to the cabin. Big footprints were found all around it, but no creatures were discovered. There have been... oh, Sounds like a story of big feet. Well, plural of Bigfoot. Because there's multiple. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I are hope you, I made some people laugh. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Big footprints were found all around it, but no creatures were discovered. There have been other sightings in the area since, but none with such dramatic results. A first-hand account of the events was later written by Fred Beck called, I Fought the Ape Man of Mount St. Helens. Mm -hmm. The area where the events took place was later dubbed Ape Canyon and is still called that today. One of the most bizarre Bigfoot encounters in history also occurred in 1924, although it would not be reported until many years later, in 1957. It involved a man who claimed to be abducted and held captive by a party of the creatures while on the prospecting trip in British Columbia. Although such tales seem to stretch the limits of believability, those who interviewed the man years later, including esteemed investigators John Green and IVT, Ivan T. Sanderson, did not for a moment doubt his sincerity or his sanity. Primatologist John Napier remarked that the man gave a convincing account which is not, which does not ring false in any particular. And then uh, there are more abduction stories. Again, I don't want to just keep reading so that, stories. That that one story you read about the multiple creatures that like sort of, I guess, proves air quotations that there are. It's not just one Bigfoot. If there is a big, like big feet, I don't know how to Bigfoots. Like I don't know. Yeah. But like it's just I'm a skeptic. Like I'm a skeptic when it comes to there being no solid evidence found. It's like there hasn't been a body 
Just like the Megalodon. There hasn't been a Megalodon, you know. Yeah. What? Like, nobody's... Like, we found big old teeth, shark teeth. But, like, hasn't been any big bones. The Megalodon's Megalodon. extinct. Well, yeah. But, like, it's... It may be extinct, but... Is it real? Or was it real? They found a Megalodon jaw. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. But no, like, you get what I'm saying with Bigfoot, right? Like, there hasn't been a hunter that's like, oh yeah, I shot a Bigfoot, and then he has the actual body. But, yeah, that's just my take on that. Um, yeah. So now we're... <laughs> Forget what I said about the Megalodon. <laughs> so now we're going to discuss the Patterson film. Possibly the most famous evidence of Bigfoot. I'm sure that everybody that's ever watched History Channel has seen that. They, you've seen a still of it. Yeah. Uh, it's the most famous. Evidence you you of don't Bigfoot. know. You, you may not know what it's called, but you would recognize it without a doubt. Yeah. We'll post it on the Instagram. Yeah. By the decade by the decade of the 1960s, Bigfoot had become firmly entrenched in the imaginations of Americans. Though scientists refused to admit that what witnesses could be seeing was actually what they claimed to see. A number of investigators had begun seeking out witnesses and venturing into forests, hoping to catch a glimpse of one of the monsters. Books began to appear and articles began to generate even more interest with the readers of magazines like True and Saga. Among the amateur... I don't know what magazines there are. Among the amateur investigators who went looking for Bigfoot was Roger Patterson, a one-time rodeo writer, hopeful, hopeful documentary filmmaker, and Bigfoot, Bigfoot hunter. In 1967, Patterson was barely scraping by as an inventor and promoter, but his interest was picked by a 1959 True Magazine article about Bigfoot. From then on, he devoted as much of his spare time as he could to, to afford roaming the woods of the Pacific Northwest in search of the creature. Patterson always carried with him a motion picture camera on his expedition, hoping that he would, might be able to catch <clears throat> one of the monsters on film. Around 1.15 in the afternoon on October 20th, 1967, Patterson and a friend, Bob Gimlin, were riding north. Excuse me. It's been a long day. Yeah. Riding north along a dry stretch of Bluff Creek in the Six River National Forest of Northern California. At one point, a large pile of logs in the middle of the stream bed blocked their path, and they had to maneuver their horses around to the east. As they rode along the logs, they veered left and resumed their original course, only to see something that still has investigators and researchers puzzled today. A female Bigfoot, I don't know how they'd know if it's a female yeah, or not. To me, it looked like a big old... Dude. Stood up from the creek water where she had been squatting and walked away from the approaching men and horses, moving briskly and swinging her arms as she moved towards the forest. No, not to toot my own horn, but I can really, I can do that walk very well. We should, we should post a video of it on Instagram. It's not that hard to do. I know, you just but swing your arm. It, it, it takes a certain rhythm and I can do it very well. It's very... Uh, yeah, it's very oh, good, but it? like, yeah. <laughs> and now, I didn't know it was a female, so uh, now it makes me feel sort of feminine. But go ahead. Uh, well, great, I lost it because... You said I can interject at any time. What? I really should... I hate you. Okay, sweet. So yeah. At the same time this occurred, all three horses, including the pack horse, began to panic. Patterson's horse reared up and fell over sideways onto his right leg, but managed to stagger back to its feet again. As it did, Patterson quickly reached for his 16mm camera in his saddlebag and began to follow the creature, filming as he went. Unfortunately, only 28 feet of film remained in the camera, but Patterson managed to use it to record the Bigfoot escape from three different positions. After his return to civilization, Patterson enlisted... Patterson enlisted the help of researcher John Green. Probably should have looked up John Green. 
seems like a very prominent figure, mm -hmm. to get some sort of scientific confirmation of the evidence that he had captured. However, the amateur investigator was ignored and berated by the established scientific community. So, oh, oh, I'm really tired. sorry. In 1968, he took his case to the public. After padding his film footage with a documentary-style look at other evidence gathered in the search for Bigfoot, he went on a tour of the American West, renting small theaters and auditoriums for one-night shows and lectures. Since that time, the footage has gone on to become one of the most famous and most controversial pieces of Bigfoot evidence ever found. Patterson's life was cut short in 1972 when he died, nearly broke from Hodgkin's lymphoma. But he swore to the end of his life... The sighting and the film were authentic. Bob Gimlin also maintained that the events really took place and that his friend's film was the genuine article. Gimlin did not start out as a believer in the creature either. He was interested but unconvinced and only came along on his buddy's expeditions out of friendship rather than a belief that they would actually find anything. He'd talk about it around the campfire, he said in an interview. I didn't care, but after a time, you'd find yourself looking for the doggone thing too. The first investigator on the scene of the sighting was a man named Bob Titmus. <laughs> who found tracks that matched the creature's stride depicted in the film. He made 10 casts of them, so 10 footprints, and discovered that the footprints led up a small hill where the creature had paused to look back at the men below. Patterson and Gimlin had elected to recover their horses rather than pursue the Bigfoot and risk being stranded in the wilderness. While Patterson died in 1972, the legacy of the film lives on. Unfortunately, it has never settled the question as to whether or not Bigfoot exists in the forests of Americas. Both the number of supporters and detractors of the film are many. Researchers have argued that about the speed of the film, the gait of the creature, the distance of its stride, and more. Most biologists and zoologists who have studied it remain, remain non-committal. Film experts and individuals experienced with hoaxes have been unable to find evidence that is not authentic. For this reason, the film has never been successfully debunked. So, going on 60 years almost... No one has been able to say, oh, this is fake. So, Yeah, but it still could have just been somebody in a big old hairy bodysuit. I mean, a girl. <laughs> it was female. Of course, that's not for the lack of trying, though. The most recent claims against the val validity of the films have stated that Bigfoot was actually a man in a monkey suit. Oh, look at you. Right yeah. on cue. History Channel. <laughs> Some maintain that Patterson and Gimlin were knowing participants in the hoax and that they rented the suit with the idea of gaining from the resulting film financially. Mm -hmm. This is in spite of the fact that the men made very little money from it and Patterson died nearly broke. Regardless, this theory ha that has it that Patterson and Gimlin, who were both poor rodeo riders in 1967, rented the expensive suit, transported it to an area that was nearly inaccessible by car, and cleverly shot with grainy jerky and poorly executed film. Mm -hmm. Defenders of the film believe this is ridiculous and state that a frame-by-frame -frame analysis of the footage show a creature that does not walk like a man. Anthropologist Grover Krantz, what a fancy name, demonstrated... What? Grover Krantz. That's a good name. It's a strong name. Name your kid after him. Maybe. He de Grover Krantz Houston. <laughs> he demonstrated that the human walk involves the locking of the knees, but the filmed Bigfoot does mm -hmm. not, which yeah, would have I, been... I agree with that. Whenever I do the walk, I do lock my knees. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you for that tidbit. 
It's <laughs> the only thing I agree with. <laughs> the, the, the film Bigfoot does not lock his knees, which would have been very difficult for a hoaxer to do and still walk as smoothly as this creature does. Yeah. In addition, after viewing the film with Bigfoot investigator Peter Byrne in 73, the chief technician at Disney Studios stated that the only place in the world a simulation of that quality could be created would be here at Disney Studios. And this footage was not made here. If the Bigfoot was a fake and it was then it was one that was very, very, very well done. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. A more popular theory as to who made the suit has emerged within the last few years. According to some conspiracy theorists, Ayo, the Patterson Bigfoot was actually a man wearing a suit created by a master makeup artist, John Chambers, who created the makeup for the classic film Planet of the Apes or Charlton Heston. The debunkers have fixed on Chambers for a couple of reasons, including his award-winning makeup effects for the movie, and also for the fact that the movie finished filming on August 10, 1967, just a couple of months before Patterson's encounter. The idea is that Patterson could have easily rented one of the surplus monkey suits for his own purpose. So, now... What you're saying, so they didn't make any money off of this film, right? They made very little. So I think... He died broke. In an argument to prove that this is real, I believe that they would have... what Like a motivation for them to fake this would be to make money off of it, right? That's what I... Yeah. I mentioned that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. So that, I guess, proves... And they made it, no money. Yeah. It proves its validity. So that's one, one thing going its way. <laughs> you were tired today. I'm sorry. Uh, even though this seems somewhat plausible, the theory has its problems. For one thing, the Bigfoot in Patterson's film looks nothing like the apes that were created for the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't suits. It was mainly just facial makeup. Uh, but the Bigfoot in Patterson's film does not resemble the apes at all. The idea Chambers may have created the Bigfoot suit was apparently the result of director John Landis joking about it to some friends at a party. To this day, the debate continues to rage. Rage. Rage on. Many Bigfoot experts believe that it is a valid footage of an unknown creature, but just as many people laugh when the subject is brought up. When I see that, while I see that it might be possible for Chambers to have created the suit and helped to perpetrate a hoax, I really have to ask if it's plausible. I have no heart... This isn't me speaking. It's the person who wrote the article. Just so we're, we're clear. I have no hard evidence to back up my own opinion that the film is genuine. I see both sides of the argument and have followed the debate for quite some time, but for myself, I see nothing here to convince me that this is a suit. Based on the time period, I don't think that enough information had been made available to the general public for someone to have imitated a creature in the way that Bigfoot moves in the Patterson film. Just because Chambers could have made the suit does not mean that he did. So now... It's a Bigfoot. In here. So now we're we're finishing up this article. Uh, I'm not gonna talk Bigfoot hunters, just because. Uh, I just think I I think that, again, it's just a whole thing to make money off of. Yeah. Especially yeah. the shows, the TV shows. TV shows are horrible. <laughs> there's one. No, there's this one with the um. This they've got this big guy, and I think they call him Squatch or something. And he's the one that he's like, I I uh, created my own Bigfoot call. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> Or something like that. It's There's the one. Thing. There was one episode on this horrible TV show about Bigfoot, and it's a bunch. It's like these southern people in like the Appalachians or something, and they're all recording. And uh, it's <laughs> I don't know like the I can't remember like these specific episodes, but it was like it was one of them. Like they were on one camera, 
And he was like, you heard some guy in the back be like, oh my God, here he is. And then it cut to him and it was like, you just missed it. And then it cut back and this other dude is in the field naked. And he's like, Bigfoot stole my clothes. What? He stole them all. That and then, and then he's, like, he's like, Jeb, Jeb, we're coming. We're coming. And they're, they're like, they're running. And then it's like, Bigfoot was here. Bigfoot was here. And then they, they hear him brushing the woods and it's like, it's Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot. He's right there. So they just start running around. They, to, no, they, kept get, they kept getting just like close calls. And they're, they're just like, they're just missing Bigfoot. It's like, who was there? Did you see it? That had to have been a joke. It was, I think it was real, but it was really funny. Oh my gosh. It was uh, really good. But now we're going to talk about uh, prints, hairs, and recordings. In 1969, a series of 1,089 tracks were discovered near Bossburg, Washington, and were analyzed by researchers. They measured 17 and a half inches long and about 7 inches wide. It seemed to indicate that the creature geez, that left them had a right club foot. The result, some pr- surmised, of a childhood injury. What child is 17 inches in feet length? 17 inches? Oh, and, oh, and feet, like, yeah. Not height. Like, the foot length is, yeah. This minor detail seemed to rule out any chance of a fraud, for it's unlikely that any hoaxer would have gone to the trouble that include this in such a huge number of tracks. Mm-hmm. Boom. And there have been hundreds, perhaps thousands, more footprints found that are not easy to explain away. Uh, other evidence has been discovered that has been discovered consists of feces and hair samples that are either associated with sightings or may have been indications of a Bigfoot's recent passing. Many of these examples seem to resist identification, but what about the body of a Bigfoot? Here you go. This is for you. Debunkers and skeptics say that Bigfoot cannot exist, for if it did, then we would have found the corpse of one by now. Exactly. Jeff- you? Keep, yeah, keep. I'm just saying exactly. Okay. Jeffrey Meldrum, associate professor of anthropology at Idaho State University, disagrees. Think about it, he said in an interview. It's rare... Reproduces infrequently, and if it's like other apes, it may live for 50 years. It's at the top of the food chain, so death most likely comes from natural causes. When an animal is ill or feeble, it'll hide somewhere safe, which makes it more difficult to find any remains. Scavengers strip the carcasses and scatter the bones. Rodents chew up what's left for the calcium. Soil in the northwest is acidic, which is conductive to plant fossilization, but not to bones. They disintegrate. Beyond the physical evidence, there have been... There have also been recordings that have been made by Bigfoot hunters of what is alleged to be the voice of the creature itself. You can find these on YouTube. Uh, they sound kind of creepy. Bigfoot is known to like have a high screeching noise. Mm-hmm. So uh, many of the tapes have been analyzed, including one notable recording that was obtained on October 21, 1972 in California's High Sierra Mountains. That night, investigators recorded a series of moans, whines, growls, and grunts that were coming for their darkness. Jeez, dude, God. They were coming from the darkness. (laughs) That's what you sounded like. That night, the investigators recorded a... Oh, two electronic specialists, one from the University of Wyoming and one from the Rockwell International, came to... Rockwell International? I don't know what that is, so... But they they produce electronic specialists in the 70s. You're welcome. Thank you. Facts. Thank you for that tidbit. Came to the conclusion that the sounds came from more than one speaker, one or more of which is a larger physical size than an average human. The format, the formant frequencies found were clearly lower than any human, than for any human data, and their distribution does not indicate that they were a, 
a product of human vocalization and tape speed alteration. One of the most recent and perhaps most convincing pieces of evidence turned up has been the Skookum cast, which was discovered in September 2000 by members of the Bigfoot field researchers. Organizers around Mount St. Helens in Washington. Members of the Bigfoot field researchers organization. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go I'm, back, just, I'm having a... I'm having a it was found by members of the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization around Mount St. Helen in Washington. There we go. I'm flubbing. During a Bigfoot expedition, researchers baited a marshy plain known as the Skookum Meadow with apples and melons hoping to attract Bigfoot. They returned the next morning to find a number of prints and many pieces of fruit missing. They recognized both coyote and elk tracks, but were unable to identify a set of anthropoid forearm, heel, and butt imprints. Uh-huh. They even found marks that had been made by hair in the muddy ground, pressed down by a huge weight. The hunters spent the next eight hours studying the signs and creating a plaster cast of what appeared to be a spot where Bigfoot had reclined. Reclined? Yeah. Um, Like he brought out his recline. He brought out his lazy boy, propped it up, propped up the legs, popped some melons. Popped some melons. Yeah. (laughs) No, that could be two things. Like he popped melons, like he sat down, or he's like actually popping melons. Just like (laughs) (laughs) the last melon. (laughs) Ice Age, great movie. Yeah, that's what our seventh plug today. (laughs) God, I don't know. Possibly. So the cast found many supporters among the most influential men in the field, including John Green and Grover Krantz. More of them. Spit take. And others. (laughs) In June 2002, three noted anthropologists studied the cast and commented on their findings. The examiners were Darius Swindler, a professor emeritus from the University of Washington Natural History. Oh, Natural History Anatomist Esteban Sedimento. (laughs) (laughs) What? Esteban. Esteban. And Jeffrey Meldrum from Idaho State University. The presence of Saramento marked the first interest in Bigfoot by the New York-based American Museum of Natural History. Ooh, that's actually cool. In his comments, Saramento noted that one impression that was lined with hair marks could have been made by a huge hindquarters. Meldrum summed things up by stating that he felt that all the evidence pointed to an eight-foot-tall creature leaving the impressions at Skookum Meadows. Skookum. So that, uh, that's all for that article. Just a lot of history and, uh, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, but um, it seems to me that um, there's not besides like voice recorders and plaster casts and video cameras. Like, what other scientific tools can you have to hunt a Bigfoot? Uh, infrared, thermal, yeah. uh, I mean, snares. Like, you could use snares, I guess. Snares, like traps? Yeah, like if you use a snare, like it hooks them a little bit, but they get out of it, you get DNA, even hair and blood. Uh, again, tracks, just plasters, I guess. Yeah. Um, no skulls, I don't think. No skeletons. Yeah, no skeletons. Well, apparently, they disintegrate when they die. Well, according to the... They're on the top of the food chain, so... Nope, I can eat a Bigfoot. If it were real. But so far, I'm still a skeptic. Really? Jackson, prove me wrong. A 
That's my catchphrase. It's a horrible catchphrase. Yeah, still, you got to work on that. <laughs> this next article is from Gaia.com. It is called Bigfoot Encounters <coughs> and Other Evidence of the Elusive Cryptid. <laughs> Whether you consider yourself a believer or not, I'm looking at you, Douglas. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of reported Bigfoot encounters, including a few from some widely recognized names. These encounters span cultures and continents, and even date back to times of antiquity when natives ruled the land. Today, more than 28% of the United States say that Bigfoot is real, and we have evidence to back them up. 28? No, it's 20. Oh, 20. 20%. So that's what? It's going strong. It's like a couple million. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I'll take it. I'm on that side, just because I want it to be Wait, real. The world or the United States? The United States. Okay. I said that. During a recent sighting, uh, this is dated September 18th, 2018. Ooh. Ooh. During a recent sighting in Whitehall, New York, a town so notorious for Bigfoot that encounters that it made the creature its official mascot, a man claims to have witnessed a hirsute hominoid. I don't know what the, that is. So a don't. hominoid? A her suit hominoid crossed the road and step over a guardrail <clears throat> in front of his car while driving on route four he described the creature as standing about six feet tall with black hair all over its body walking upright on two feet like an ape but the witness in this story like many others told the local newspaper he wished to remain anonymous due to fear of ridicule this type of shaming and taboo with cryptids such as bigfoot is typical and has stood as one of the bigger hurdles for those trying to uncover a modicum of truth about such an elusive creature. Let me tell you, the wording in this article is already superior. Exquisite. (laughs) Nonetheless, there are still those who continue to devote their time to tracking the creatures and studying its behavior despite the decision. Aside from the myriad personalities on the many Bigfoot hunting reality TV shows, one of the more recognized names in the South is a man hunting Bigfoot's cousin, the skunk ape, named mm-hmm. Dave Shealy. Shealy's first skunk ape encounter occurred when he was just a teenager, and ever since he's made it his life's work finding indisputable evidence of the creature existence. In an interview with the Smithsonian, Smithsonian Magazine, he details his experiences that are also detailed on the Discovery Channel show Finding Bigfoot. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> Sheely is responsible for one of the menly, for more one of the more widely viewed videos purporting to show the skunk ape. In the video, one sees a bipedal creature crossing a swamp through a patch of palm trees and knee-deep water, eventually running at an estimated speed of 22 miles per hour. Do you want to watch? Seems... So, uh, do you want to pause real quick and watch the no, video? I've seen the video, but like. Well, I haven't. Oh, you haven't. So finish talking, and then it I want to pause and watch it. Like in every single piece of video evidence. The skunk, like, either it's a skunk ape or a Bigfoot that's being, like, blocked by some sort of foliage or something, which can add to its, like, it being fake. It's like, they they want you to see it, but they don't want you to get a good look at it. Because they're faking it. And they just want to make money off of it. And that's just, it's sort of, is yelling at you to say, though, this is fake. But once you, why don't we see any videos of a Bigfoot in a field or anything like that? Just like a clear shot. Like, it's just, it's just not, not doing it for me. You about to watch the video? Yeah, let me, okay. let me stop real quick. Yeah, I'm going to see. Okay, so. So why did we just watch a 30 minute compilation of the little little Lee from <laughs> that's, that's not at all what we watched. <laughs> so we watched the video. It's called uh, David Shealy's 2000 Skunk Ape video. It's on YouTube. I can see why people think it's fake. At the end, 
like the guy, the creature, if it is a creature or a person, is walking really weird. But at the walking same time, sort of feminine. Yeah, but at the same time, they're in a swamp, and so like someone in a suit walking yeah. through a swamp I could, couldn't it, walk it, as fast as that creature. It walked. looked like it was waiting. But the water, like, it, the, there wasn't any water going on. I'm not saying it's just, ways. like, water, but it definitely, it was really weird. But also the camera was zoomed in a lot. And, like, yeah, and as soon as we would would supposedly get a good look at it. It did start shaking. At the end, it, it was, very was very steady. It was very shaky. At the end, it was very steady. Get a get a tripod, man. Watch it. <laughs> that was in 2000. Watch, look so up the video. So you're saying they didn't have tripods in 2000? I don't know. They watch, did. Look it up and watch it for yourself. Yeah, no, it's, it was, I mean... It's a key piece of evidence, but uh, it's just, no. Oh! So in that video, he was in knee-deep water. Knee-deep, yeah. That, that, I could see that. And he was walking really fast. Yeah. So in knee-deep water in a full suit, that's walking really fast for a person. Put a strong person in there. But his... Okay. Well, all right. Another time, Sheely set up an elevated lookout platform to watch for the creature, dozing off after spending hours in wait. He awoke to the splash of the creature trekking around the swamp, allowing him to, enough time to snap some pictures. While skeptics say his photos and videos are a hoax, Sheely's sightings have been supported by others, with a number of Floridians claiming to have seen an orange-haired biped roaming the Everglades swamps over the past decades. One of the most famous pieces of evidence corroborating... Do you, do you know what biped means? Two legs? Yeah, walking on two legs. Sheely, one of the more famous pieces of evidence corroborating Sheely is the famous Mayaka photograph submitted to the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office under anon- anonymity. Anonymous person. Anonymity. And here's the photo right here if you want to look at it. Yeah, I've seen that. It's really creepy. It's got glowy eyes from the flash. It is pretty creepy. It kind of it doesn't. It people are saying it looks like an orangutan, but that does not look like an orangutan. Orangutans don't have long, like wavy hair like that does, or yeah. or a face like that. The face is not like an orangutan either. Mm. Yeah, no. It, I mean, it's a very creepy photograph, but it it also. I mean, just like any other photograph, it could be photoshopped. I mean, it doesn't look like it's photoshopped. No, of course. So then, it can't be distorted to make it one animal seem like a different animal, I guess. Oh, no, yeah. So the next article I have is uh, by a website called Outside Online, and it's the 10 most convincing Bigfoot sightings. Mm-hmm. And this one intrigued me because they each have like support for each one and whatnot. So I'm just going to read the, head, the starting part of the article. So for decades, people around the world have been fascinated with the legend of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, or whatever you choose to call it. Yeti wouldn't make sense because it's in the Himalayas. Sightings of a furry, upright biped and reports of beastly footprints have been reported from as far afield as the Himalayas. Boom. Although no definitive proof exists, the often questionable reports continue adding up. Outside, plunged in the deep, dark corners of this subculture to compile the most famous, perhaps most convincing, Bigfoot photos ever captured. So the first one, uh, arguably the most famous one, is the Patterson film. Here's the picture. If you just want to look at it, mm-hmm. how cool it looks. Looks very nat- very good. Very good. Yes. Uh, the next. Oh, so look here. We'll just look at these together. So this is. So there's one about. There was a youth group that was camping in the Marble Mountain wilderness when leader Jim Mills noticed a strange-looking creature skulking along a ridge nearby. He filmed it for nearly seven minutes, making the somewhat grady footage the longest video of an alleged Bigfoot sighting. So this, that actually doesn't look that good. What essentially it is, is it's a slope, 
and it's this really it's a silhouette of Very, a person, and they like look a humanoid looking. It look, I mean, I don't know the it's slumped weird of the landscape around it, but it does look very tall. It's slumped very weird. And then uh, British explorer uh, Eric Earl Shipton was trekking in the Himalayas in 1951 and found a footprint belonging to the Yeti. And in 2014, Christie's Auction House in London capitalized on the worldwide interest in Bigfoot and sold the original photo for nearly five thousand dollars. So this photo is just a footprint, and it's the size of an ice pick. So that one's not really a sighting. Lame. <laughs> and then uh, called the Independence Day film, this remarkably clear video shows an alleged adult Bigfoot walking through the woods with a cub in tow. The filmmaker and exact locations are unknown, and many skeptics claim that there is a telling visible seam of a gorilla suit. You know what I just thought of? What? You know how sort of, like... In evolution, like, um, the um, Homo sapiens sort of drifted away from Neanderthals. Yeah. What if big, big foots, big feet are just Neanderthals and they haven't evolved? <laughs> Very plausible. Yeah. It's all plausible. Yeah. It's all, all plausible. Everything's up for grabs. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure you could look up the video. It's called the Independence Day. If you look up the Independence Day Bigfoot film on YouTube, it'll probably show it. I can actually tell you the official YouTube title. Oh, yeah, clear video of Bigfoot film during Let's Independence Day. Let's see about this. So we're going to watch it real quick. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, okay, okay it, does look, it does look a lot like a gorilla suit, but a very good gorilla suit. It has 1.3 million views on YouTube and was uploaded in 2013. Now, also, this sort of raises... Because we can't see it right now, can we? Or no, is it just me? Oh, oh, there it oh. is. <laughs> he just peeked <laughs> his little head. popped up from a rock. Now... Oh, it's carrying a baby, it looks like. Yeah, that's what it said. It's carrying a small foot. Um, <laughs> now... This looks really human-like. Yeah, but, like, okay. But where are you going to get a baby gorilla costume? Jackson... There are much weirder things you can get in this world than a baby gorilla costume. But, like, for you to get that Oh, look, 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 look. See, it doesn't doesn't match up with the um, Patterson film. The walk. No, not at all. It's it's a very human walk. But then, like, if you get, like, a child. He's not carrying a child. Oh, crap. He's not carrying a child yet. But if if you... so we're we're trying to describe this as best we can. If you pause it at a certain moment, about right there, oh. he looks right at the camera. Well, he not only does he look at the camera, but you can see like the head. Yeah, it 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 looks very smooth, like it matches up very well. Like it's not like a mask. Well, it yeah. doesn't look like a mask. But like, and it's a very protruding. It's a it's actually a flat face. It's not like a gorilla suit. Yeah, but so also what, I think that sort of points to it being fake is that you're able to get. Like this amount of film, like if you really side. Well, it's not that long. Yeah, I know. It's only like, like it's like a minute long. We thought it was gone, then it just pop poop pops his little head back up, like because it just makes it seem fake that you'd be able to get that much film. Because like if you're staging something, right, you'd have, you know, a little like a track for the actor to follow. So like yes, he's running, you know, get 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 on camera for a little bit. Oh, boom, go out of sight. Boom, boop, pop your little head up. And then that's a good shot. That's a money so I'm, shot. I'm just reading some of the comments. 
This yeah. one one guy says uh, at a certain moment in the film, the jaw is way too far forward and low in comparison to its shoulders, and the face is too flat to be a human. And just like the Patterson film, the arms look to be about 20% longer than the legs, and the back legs lift back until it is parallel to the ground as the forward legs remain bent. Read, read the sorry to burst your bubble one. It's at the top. Sorry to burst your bubble, guys, but during my experience in the forest near Meadow Chino, California, the Bigfoot appeared to have long hair almost just like this. This is the most real evidence we have. Immediately after watching the... Oh, so it's just him talking about his experience. Oh, that's the guy who posted. I thought it was about... Sorry to burst your bubble, but this is fake. Okay. Oh, so actually, so, so... Well, so listen to this. So the baby's head moves in a video, apparently. Uh, some dude named Thinker Thunker did an in-depth analysis on this video, and the enlargement shows I'm facial sure movements. I'm, sh- yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Well, the, the in- in-depth analysis, he pauses it, <laughs> plays it, pause, rewinds it. I'm going to read what this guy says, and then we'll go to another issue. But he says that in the in-depth analysis, he talks about the facial movements of the adult which like are very real and inconsistent for what a mask would be. The eyes are blinking and the facial cheeks enlarge. How could you see that? He probably enlarged it and he like raised the specs. Yeah. And then the infant pushes off and like hugs the adult and everything. I mean, well, if it's fake, it's very good. It is very good. I'd agree. And like that's the clearest video I've ever seen. Yeah. Cuz I've never seen this before. No, me neither. And what's it called so people can look it up? The it's called Clear Video of Bigfoot Film during Independence Day. Let's see here if we get like. So the video, it, and it's yeah. looking back like it's terrified. But then again, like around its waist, it looks like it's like a over. Oh, look at the back. Look at his back. Let's see here. Yeah, no, that... I mean... That's really... You could have... That's a a lot of speculation. That's a very clear video one. Yeah, you can have a well-done mask put on, but the suit just... Or the body, it just looks too... it, It doesn't look good to me. Hmm. Yeah. So here, there's another one called uh, the Provo Canyon Bigfoot Encounter. Uh, in October 2012, a group of siblings hiking in Provo Canyon thought they spotted a bear in the woods and started filming. When the creature stood up on two legs, the hikers ran, abruptly ending the shaky video. And a year later, the siblings launched a Kickstarter campaign to investigate other Utah Bigfoot sightings. Doug, do you want to watch this video? Sure. Here, look. Look at it. It's only 48 seconds. Get off your phone. Cannot believe you. I don't know where we're supposed to be looking at here. Wait till we see I think something it's like right moving. there. Oh my god. It's a tree. Oh, uh, uh, no. Oh, I think that's it. Oh yeah, there it is. So that that's that's what so it looks like it's eating. Oh, that's it. Or like hunched down. Oh. It doesn't look like a bear. No, that's not a bear. Oh, that's huge. So it stood up and it had really broad shoulders. She said, it, <laughs> "That looked okay. That looks pretty humanoid. That, but that so that one's called the Provo Canyon Bigfoot." And then, uh, oh, 
Here we go, one of those famous Bigfoot images. In 2007, hunter Rick Jacobs captured some of those famous Bigfoot images to date with a camera mounted to a tree in Pennsylvania's Allegheny National Forest. You know, think about all, because you know that you have infrared still cameras that you can put on, like the hunting cameras. Yeah. You could put those all around a forest, and we'd, like, you'd think you'd find some good evidence with those. Why haven't any, why hasn't anybody done that yet? Done what? Like, okay, so you go to a forest that's well known to be the home of a Bigfoot. And set up a bunch of cameras? Yeah, get, you team up with a bunch of hunters. Well, it probably costs money. Team up with a bunch of hunters that have multiple. Place well, maybe them all maybe the you forest. should go help them. I'm, uh, I'm good here. Maybe you should go be a, a Bigfoot hunter. Yeah. So then... Uh, i make my own Bigfoot call. Bigfoot mating call. So, Live Science did a... Did a, a a study, I guess, and it has the ten most the ten state the state the top ten states with the most Bigfoot sightings. But this is as of 2012, so it's probably increased. Is it in the northwest? Uh, it's actually very spread out. Really? Yeah. So Pennsylvania has 98 sightings. Ooh. New York has 101. Colorado has 110. Michigan has 141. That's a big gap. Illinois has 176. Just wait. Yeah. Florida has 207, Ohio has 224, Oregon has 227, California has 425, Ooh. and then Washington has 528. Damn. So, I didn't do the math, but that's a lot of sightings yeah. in only 10 states, and there's, I'm pretty sure, been a sighting in at least, one sighting in at least every single state. Yeah. So the final thing I wanted to share with you was there's this website called nabigfootsearch.com and it's the North American Bigfoot Search and what you can do is is you can send in basically your sighting so like you give them your name email address the date of the sighting the location of sighting the description of the creature what was the creature doing when seen list weather conditions or the phase of the moon what were you doing at the time of the sighting and please list and describe any other Bigfoot encounters and then they ask for your phone number. And then it has like all these different stuff on the website about like Bigfoot videos, Bigfoot reviews, top Bigfoot maps, Bigfoot trails, uh, footprints, habituation, reports, uh, vanishing Bigfoot, sightings, tribal Bigfoot, all this stuff about Bigfoot on this website that is, uh, is like dedicated to getting people to share their stories about Bigfoot. I think that's pretty cool. Mm. That was pretty cool. But that, Douglas, that's all I have. Well, I'm sorry to say, but I'm still a skeptic. You're still a skeptic? Yeah, Yeah, I understand. It's it's a very, uh, it's a very uh, debatable topic, especially with, you know, for every good evidence, there's probably uh, five bad pieces of evidence. So the, the, the odds aren't in the favor. But again, uh, a good reason I think people are so, like people just like have this sense of like it not being real is people's, people always assume, jump to conclude, when people when people see something that's, un, that's not, that's extraordinary to them, they always claim it to be fake. Just mm-hmm. to, because some people have the process of like, oh that, that isn't possible. What, what I know is what, what's possible. Yeah, so I mean, this it, stuff is certainly like, possible. Well, I know, but that I think that's why people are so quick to. I mean, this this isn't something, I think that people, 
like just blow off because like I mean so what okay there's a Bigfoot what does that have to do with what is, how does that affect me like I feel like with what you're saying it because like if there's a Bigfoot that doesn't change someone's way of life or something because like with um, other things like if something they, they don't believe is because they don't want something that's close to them to change or something because they don't want to change anything but um, yeah no I think Bigfoot it, it's definitely I mean, there's some strong evidence, but it, to me, it's just not strong enough. It's intriguing. It is intriguing, yeah. But at the same time, it's eh. It's an eh. It's an it's an it's eh. a soft eh. Yeah. Soft eh. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I, actually, it's it's pretty. It's a medium eh. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed the the evidence, the stories, the uh, the sightings, the videos, the few videos we watched. Uh. Look up the if if you're interested in looking up the videos yourselves, I'm sure you can find plenty on YouTube. Uh, the like to dislike ratios will not be strong simply because people will be like, "This is fake. Yeah. I'm done," and then boom. Just because there's also people think it's fake because there's been so many other fake videos. There has been there's, purposely staged. There has been very fake sightings, but then again, the Patterson film is uh, it's, it's one of the most convincing. In the my oldest opinion. and most convincing. It is, it is uh, I think, the oldest... It's most definitely the oldest video recording, but I think it's the oldest, like, hard proof of a Bigfoot, besides, like, cave drawing stuff. But that's all for interpretation. And yeah, and folklore and everything like that. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope the audience enjoy, too, Douglas. I hope they're still here. This, uh... <laughs> this... <laughs> yeah, me, too. This was, uh... This was our longest... One to date in the new really? uh, in the new era. Wow, the tumult in the new era of uh, podcasting. Yeah. Um, I'd uh, I'd like to uh, before we send off, I'd like to uh, continue with a little bit of ASMR. Um, all right, I'm gonna just get started. I've been practicing this all day. Now, I'm gonna take a sip of my Pepsi Cola. All right, now that's it. Shake the bottle a little bit in the mic. There you go. Oh, not so rough. Softly. Oh! <laughs> Holy crap, you almost got it on the mic. All right, uh, well, uh... <laughs> I meant softly shake it. Oh. Like, look, give it to me, give it to me, I'll do it. I'll it's do already... It. It's no, good. give it. No, it's good. Fine. All right, well, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, I look forward to what you have to share with us yeah. next week. If you will. Oh, wait, me. Yeah, you. Oh, it's definitely much better than Bigfoot. <gasps> oh, How yeah. dare you? I'm trashing Bigfoot because I know that mine beats it. Let me ask you real quick. Yeah. Had to close the door while we're finishing. That's rude. <laughs> Do you have a lot of research? Yeah. I how, mean, many, how many pages? It's all on one note. It's one page. I swear to God. If you if we if, it's if you read it all in ten minutes, no, it's more I'm gonna, like I'm gonna kick your hat off your head. My logic is I make a point and then you discuss. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I understand. So it's not. It, it, I guess. It, I guess that works because you have your own way of doing yeah. research. Where I like to just accumulate Be a lazy lot of research. No pl- plagiarize articles. Oh my god. <laughs> all right. Before we have a fight, um, thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us on nightswims.pot or. 
at nightswims.podcast <laughs> to um, stay up to date with our updates and all that. And, and uh, again, I can't stress this enough. If there's something you want to have us talk about on the we podcast. We should say this at the start. We really nobody, should. <laughs> people, people be like, ah, shit, all right, I've heard enough. You know, we, s- we, we say that, but we don't know. We really don't. Yeah. I can I can check. I'll check after maybe, this. Maybe if you... Uh, oh, my... Flushing the toilet and everything while we're finishing. Anyways. General um, manager. Um, I lost my train of thought. Great. Um, stay, stay in the bathroom till we're done. Yeah, no, I mean, if um, maybe if you would stop yawning... Then maybe people wouldn't get tired. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry, it was a no, long day. I think that with our new it was a long day at with, the the, with our new path that we're taking, it makes people more very po- yeah. It's know? a very positive yeah. uh, path moving forward. Hoping to continue this for uh, quite some time. There are tons of mysteries and phenomena. and so we'll, we'll be doing we, this for a while. I, I we we got to 150 followers on Instagram, but then we got back to 149. <laughs> I uh. I think I think the next one, so not this week, not next week, but the next week is gonna be a pure conspiracy theory. I'll do. I'll, I think I think around Halloween we should do something that's extra spooky too. We could do Chupacabra, <gasps> Moth <gasps> Mothman. We'll we'll figure something. Out. Yeah, we'll figure something. Slenderman is an urban legend. Yeah, which that's and it's so, fake. It's a creepy pasta. Urban dude made it up. Urban legends can fall into our category. Slenderman is fake though, completely. I'm fake. not saying Slenderman. I'm saying other ones. Okay. Like, well, um, no, that won't work. Creepy pastas can't be a, a thing. Creepy pasta. I hate Russian sleep experiment. Ooh, Ooh. I call it. Dang it! <laughs> All right. Well, I've got plenty to. I've got. I've got tons of stuff to uh, talk about uh, in the future. So we we should. We'll definitely be set for a long time coming. But yeah, seriously, if there's something that you want to have heard. Do not we be. Were, af- we really did this just in time for spooky season. Yeah. Do not be afraid to like reach out and yeah. like tell us something that you want to because we'll as we always say we would rather do something that we know someone wants to listen to than just like do something for ourselves. Yeah. So uh, hopefully I, I do enjoying like I do enjoy the, doing this like for me. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's fun. It's very fun. But yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, Douglas, thank you for joining me savannah thank you for flushing the toilet at the end of the podcast and we'll see you next time all right uh y'all will enjoy my topic a lot more no that's a challenge that's a well hopefully people will respond yeah we could do a poll (laughs) (laughs) we'll do that all right well thank you for listening and we will see y'all next time all right douglas i've been douglas i've been jackson and goodbye